Uh, this morning, uh, what I want to do, and we had a tremendous Good Friday service here on Friday evening. It was awesome, good word preparation. And what I want to do this morning is uh, continue on that theme. We know it's Resurrection Sunday. We know that the power of God's love and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that breaks chains and strongholds uh, was uh, involved in uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that's the theme of my, my message this morning, uh, entitled, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. We sing that song. We understand the meaning of that song, the blood of Jesus. You know, people are fascinated and also horrified by the thought of blood. Blood for you and I in our bodies is wonderful. It's a powerful substance that nourishes our bodies keeps them alive, uh, and uh, keeps us uh, uh, moving forward. It carries oxygen and nutrients uh, to the cells. And it also removes wastes and toxins uh, from each part of our body. The blood protects us from infection and through its antibodies is able to fight specific diseases uh, that want to come and attack our body. You know, We've come to the point in, in the world where we even classify different blood types. We have A negative, A positive, B negative, B positive, and so on. And even the rarest type of blood, AB negative, is only found in 1% of the total population. In fact, uh, we understand that before a person is able to have a blood transfusion, the blood types of the donor and the recipient need to match. And so that's how important uh, blood is uh, for you and I to keep us alive and uh, to keep us healthy. But yet there are certain circumstances that we all have heard about that can affect even the value of the rarest blood type. Circumstances that can make something beautiful and powerful and rare worthless. Why? Because our blood can be contaminated. In 1986, Nancy and I were living in Manchester, England, pastoring the church there. In 1986 is when the nuclear reactor at Chernobyl exploded, and it spread radiation throughout Europe. 9,000 farms were contaminated, and the sheep uh, there in Europe had to be isolated. 35 years later, they're still dealing with the residual effects uh, of that nuclear fallout. The issue, Nancy and I, are still not able and not allowed to give blood due to that nuclear fallout when we were living there in Manchester. Our blood became contaminated. In our text, in the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 1, Peter describes the process and the precious method by which you and I are redeemed and are saved. Read along with me in 1 Peter, chapter 1 starting with verse 18. Peter writes, For you know 
that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect and that scripture is so powerful because it describes to you and I the process by which redemption and salvation comes to humanity Peter says that in a world that puts so much value on material things that are perishable that it's only by the precious blood of Jesus Christ uh, that can be bring redemption uh, to mankind. Uh, we celebrate Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ uh, and uh, the power that it brings uh, to you and I. But this morning, let us always remember that it was the precious blood uh, of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross that brought redemption and salvation uh, to mankind, to those who will receive him. The blood of Jesus definitely is not perishable. It does not have an expiration date like the milk in your refrigerator. Nor is it contaminated in any way. And only the blood of Jesus has a lasting value and the power to forgive sin in a world where people, people are looking for help and healing. They're looking for peace and strength in a world that is filled with so much turmoil and uncertainty and brokenness. Thank God for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who gave his life and shed his precious, uncontaminated, non-perishable blood for your sins and for mine. You see, when the material things of this world vanish, it's the redeeming power of Jesus Christ that remains that the Bible says will cover a multitude of sins. Let's take a look this morning at the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross and that God the Father made available to anyone, for anyone who will call on the name of Jesus and have their sins forgiven. Number one, the blood of Jesus Christ, as I said, is perfect. It is flawless in Matthew chapter 1. And in verse 23, Matthew writes and says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God is with us. It is the virgin birth of Jesus Christ that is absolutely essential to the salvation of our souls. The blood of Jesus Christ is perfect because it's the virgin birth of Christ that establishes that righteousness, that perfection. It means, as we know, that the Bible says the Holy Spirit came and overshadowed Mary. 
It means that no drop of Joseph's blood, no drop of Mary's blood ran through the veins of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. His blood was even more distinctive and rarer than AB negative. It is impeccable. It is perfect. No such blood ever flowed in other human veins. Our blood can be tainted and is tainted by what we call sin. But the blood of Jesus Christ is perfect and was sinless. In 1 John 3, 5 says, in him there is no sin. You see, unlike other religions who have a man or a woman who was born of a man and a woman and who died and is still in the grave and they worship that grave, our Lord Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. He defeated death. He is no longer in the grave. He was virgin born and there is no sin at all in him. That's why it is the blood of Jesus that only has the redemptive power to set a captive free and to break the strongholds of sin. Everything about Christ was perfect, including his blood. The blood of Jesus, because it is perfect, it means that it is pure. Pure. Our kidneys and our liver, they do a good job of purifying our blood. But one thing that our kidneys and our liver cannot do uh, is to purify us from unrighteousness uh, and uh, cleanse our sins. Because we are all sinners, uh, the Bible tells us. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There isn't anyone here this morning who is without sin. Can we all shout a big amen? amen? We are all sinners, the Bible says, saved by God's grace. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, John writes and says, If we say that we have no sin, we only deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You ever witness to somebody and they say, ah, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine. I'm good, I don't need Jesus. You know, I, I haven't killed anybody, I haven't, you know, robbed anybody, I haven't, you know, etc. and so on. They're like the, like the uh, rich young ruler. I've kept all the commandments, so they think. And, and they come to a place where they think they, they are not needing redemption, that they don't need to, to deal with anything that is going on in their life. And in fact, they think that they're probably without sin. It doesn't matter. But the Bible says that all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And this is why it's important and critical that the pure blood of Jesus Christ that we understand is the only source of healing and forgiveness that can wash sins away no matter what they might be. You know, there are so many programs, and you know, programs are okay. They're good. They help us understand 
our problems, when people are, are suffering, they're, 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 they're having marital problems, they're having physical problems, etc., and so on. Programs to help them uh, get, think they're going to get better physically, which those are good and they help. And then the programs that, that, that are out there to help people understand their addictions, etc., and those are okay, and they help understanding those issues. But you see, those programs cannot bring a healing, a complete deliverance and breaking the strongholds of what those things, uh, those people are dealing with. And it's only the pure blood of Jesus Christ uh, that can bring a, a complete and total cleansing and restoration in a person's life. No matter what sins uh, have been committed, no matter how far people think uh, that they've gone from God, no matter if the devil lies to them and tells them, well, you've committed the unpardonable sin. Anybody here ever heard that, uh, that lie from the enemy, the devil lied to you and said, ah, don't bother going back. Don't bother getting back to Jesus because you've committed the unpardonable sin. You've gone too far. You've messed up too much. Uh, you've had too many chances, so don't even bother. Well, let me tell you something. That comes from the pit of hell. That's a lie of the devil. Uh, God is able to forgive uh, if you allow his blood to come and to cleanse your life. In 1 John chapter 1, 7, the blood of Jesus... His Son cleanses us from all sins. That's why we sing the song, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's so important that we realize this in a world where people are trying to, you know, work out their own salvation and uh, trying to, to do good deeds, etc., and so on. And those are fine. Good deeds are good. But let me tell you something. Good deeds are not going to get you into heaven. It's uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior that will open the doors. Uh, and uh, when you die and you come before the presence of God, you will hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, enter in to the blessing and to the grace and the presence of, of God. See, this is why the writer of Hebrews begins to speak about the Old Testament uh, and the sacrifices that the priests made uh, on a daily and yearly basis versus the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 9 and in verse 13, the writer of Hebrews says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your consciences from dead works to serve the living God. 
You see, what the writer of Hebrews is referring to, to the Jewish people uh, who are reading it, is he's saying, yes, there are sacrifices and rituals that are being made uh, by the offering of animals uh, and their blood, but yet it cannot compare to the pure blood uh, of Jesus Christ, the, the, the redemptive value of the Lord Jesus Christ who had no spot, no sin, can purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Don't you thank God that before, think about it, before we came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our minds were messed up. Our minds were filled with garbage and with junk. And uh, there, there was uh, a condemnation uh, and uh, there was dead works in our thinking uh, and our consciences, uh, you know, having trouble sleeping and guilty and everything else. But when we give our life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says now that through the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, our conscience can be purged uh, from those dead thoughts and dead works and dead actions to serve the living God. That's why we're here today. We are serving uh, the living God, born again uh, in our right minds. Praise God for that. And it takes place because of the shedding uh, of the blood of Jesus Christ. We're able to live uh, our lives right and think right uh, again. Not that we are perfect. Do we have any perfect people in here? Once again, no, we don't. But that's why daily we need to come before Christ, bow our hearts before the Lord, uh, ask for forgiveness for whatever it is uh, is taking place or took place in our lives, uh, and plead the blood of Jesus, because it is the blood, uh, perfect sinless blood of Jesus, that cleanses us from unrighteousness every single day. That's good news this morning. It is awesome news this morning. Because the blood of Jesus is not temporary, again, has no expiration date, but it is eternal. It is eternal. Don't you hate it when you've eaten something and you decide to look at the label and you found out it expired a month ago? <laughs> you didn't see the fur at the bottom? That's gross, right? <laughs> That's messed up. Because it expired and corrupted and it's dead and dying. And the blood of Jesus has no expiration date because it is eternal. Listen to Hebrews chapter number 7. The writer of Hebrews says, Who needed not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice for his own sins and then for the people's. For he, Jesus, did this once when he offered himself up. Once and for all, the price was paid, blood was shed, no need to have to go over and over and over again and over again. It's finished. Isn't that what Jesus said? It is finished. And too many people want to keep it going on. 
They keep wanting to have reruns over and over and over again. Uh, try to make up for what they've done. Let me tell you something, folks. If you're born again, it's finished. It's done once and for all. Once again in Hebrews 10 and verse 12. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. You know, when you're working, you're laboring, and you've had a hard day, what do you do? You go inside, find a chair that says, Dad only. <laughs> Boom! And you plop yourself down. And you say, it's finished. Cut the grass. I pulled the weeds, painted this, did that, fixed that. It's, I'm done. And Jesus paid the price. And he said, that sacrifice was done and it finished. And the death of Christ set into motion continuous cleansing for those who put their trust in him every single day. John wrote in Revelation 5.9, you have redeemed us to God by your Blood, redeemed, redeemed. You know what that is when you redeem something? You get, turn in something like you do your, 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 your gas containers your, or those containers and, you know, take it back, you get, fill up, you redeem it. For those of us who are past a certain age, we remember S&H green stamps. Wow, there's, a, there's about 10. All right? And you go in the market and you collect those stamps every time you buy something. And the, 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 the cashier, think about this, had a little dial on the thing. And he would, like a phone dial, and stamps would come out of that. And you'd keep them. And, and after you spent about $1,000, you'd take them back and you'd get a piece of pie. <laughs> it's about the way it worked. But you still redeemed them. You see... We were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The precious blood of Jesus Christ paid the price once and for all. And the blood of Jesus is powerful. It says that they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. There's overcoming power to defeat the devil uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, he can defeat in our lives death, uh, fear, uh, and the power of unbelief. Uh, Jesus Christ breaks every stronghold, every habit through his blood that was shed. Power over all the power of the enemy. This is what Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, is all about. Uh, Jesus defeated uh, the devil, defeated uh, his strategies uh, that he brings upon mankind. Power in the precious blood of Jesus. Uh, and then the blood of Jesus uh, protects us. It protects us. God looks at the blood. In the Old Testament, God's protection for the Israelites wasn't dependent on their zeal, their enthusiasm, 
or their good works, or whether they were able to keep the Ten Commandments or not. Because on the annual Day of Atonement, the high priest took the blood of the sacrifice of the animals into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled that blood upon the mercy seat upon the ark. You got the picture here of that mercy seat. And you see it there. And you can leave that up for, for the time being. And there's the Ark of the Covenant. It's made of wood and encased it and wrapped in gold. And the mercy seat is encased and wrapped in gold along with uh, the two cherubim or the angels. And you see the wings of the angels covering uh, the lid. And inside of that Ark were Aaron's rod that budded. And in Hebrews you can read about that. And it's the book of Moses inside there, a bowl of manna, and the two stone tablets uh, which the Ten Commandments were written upon are in that ark, covered uh, by the mercy seat, covered uh, by the angel's wings, the cherubim. And uh, the lid was shut with a law inside those Ten Commandments never to be opened uh, again. That's why the angels are hovering and covering over it as it is closed. Has anyone here ever kept all of the Ten Commandments? Please, let me know who you are. Because I shouldn't be here, you should. And so, when you think about that, I think about Raiders of the Lost Ark. You remember what happened to those knuckleheads that opened up the, cover, the, uh, the, the, the mercy seat? Remember that? That's why God intended for the law to be covered and closed, the lid put on it, uh, and the angels there securing it. And what God was saying is that the law isn't going to save you because you can't keep it anyway. But it's only by the blood that was sprinkled uh, annually on the mercy seat uh, that will bring forgiveness. And what that does and says for you and I, it was done symbolically and yearly during those animal sacrifices. That was done once and for all, covered you and I by the mercy of God uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, once and for all, God says, uh, don't try to work out your own salvation. Uh, you can do what you can, but Jesus paid the price for your sins. Uh, he paid the price and covered you by his blood. This is why the writer of Hebrews in chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy. Everybody say that word, mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. mercy. I'm not kind of ball but mercy. He says, so that we can receive mercy grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's the mercy seat that the blood was sprinkled across upon that brought redemption to the Israelites and that to you and I 
this morning the blood of Jesus covers our sins. I want our uh, music team to make their way this morning. I think about in the book of Exodus, as I wind this down, we know the story of the Passover and the death angel. During the plagues that came upon Egypt, and in Exodus chapter 12 and in verse 13, listen to what God said. The blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see, when the death angel came, on that night, for the awful judgment on the firstborn, the Jews were protected by the blood sprinkled on uh, the doorposts of their homes. And according to their faith, uh, the blood brought protection. They believed the word of God. God was not looking at what they did, their work, whether or not they kept the Ten Commandments, God was looking at the blood. This morning, Jesus took to heaven and placed his blood on the mercy seat of God. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, Jesus said, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. There isn't anything we could ever do to compensate or to make our lives right before God. Nothing. No matter how hard we try to make up for the things we've done, we could not do that. But it's by God's grace and God's mercy and the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that brought redemption to the world. Can we be saved and that we can be healed and forgiven of our sins? First John chapter 1 and verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, uh, and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, this morning when we admit that we are sinners and that we are lost in our sin and in our brokenness, and that we confess as Jesus Christ, uh, as the Son of God, and uh, ask Him to forgive us of our sin. It is the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that will bring redemption into our lives. This morning, as we bow our heads before the Lord,